Check, check. There we go. All right, we're going to get started digging deeper here in about a minute. I'll give you a minute to get in here. today. Good to see you guys. Um, we are in Luke 12, starting in verse 13, as we started today. And um, this one made a lot of notes for because there was things I didn't not want to say. <laughs> and I might defer to them here and there, but um, this is a very simple text. Um, and so... But it's not a simple thing to hear what it has to say so much. And so, Father, as we come together, as we join together, thank you for these brothers and sisters here. Thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. Have it lifted within us. Have it uh, open our hearts. Your, your, your word says when you, um, when you enlarge my heart, I go running after you. And you do that when we hear your word. You broaden our eyes. You open our eyes. You take what's in the way out of the way. And you subdue it by your truth. May, these, may this be something that happens today. Um, and thank you. Thank you that you're working. And thank you for the work that you're doing. And thank you for the worker that you are. Um, as, you, as your word, as Jesus, you told us that your work is that we believe in your son. May we be found doing that and that alone as Christ and Christ alone is all we need. Um, and there's a lot that that means simple meaning of Christ alone is enough for us to have peace and rest and the gospel is rest so thank you that's for your wonderful name we pray amen all right someone in the crowd said to him teacher tell my brother to divide an inheritance with me okay so that we've ran into parts of scripture before when Jesus is um, after he feeds the 4,000, 5,000, um, they want to force him to be king. And so the people, they, they want Jesus to be this figure for them. Um, and now it's no difference. He, but he said to me, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? It's funny because God is the ultimate judge. But he's telling this man, that's not exactly what I'm here for. Um, he comes to this, to Jesus the Holy One of God, to use him for his own greed. Um, Lord, then, so Jesus goes right to the heart of the issue, right to the roots of it, and he tells him this, Men who made me a judge or arbitrator over you, and he said to them, so he says this to them, he goes from him just talking to him to everybody can hear, take care, and the poor guy kind of turn, turns him into a lesson, um, take care and be on guard against all 
covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Um, covetousness, another word for that would be greed. Um, it's, it's the want, the, 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 the weighty wants of I need that, I see just that, I must have that, this, them. I must hold on to it, it must stay, it must remain with me. Uh, and we, it, that gets us into all control, it kind of invokes our sense of control, because what we, we do to attain the things that we desire is different than, the, <laughs> that's like an add-on to the want itself. Um, and he tells them to take care, take care and be on guard. This is something that I found as I opened, opened this text, I found a lot of this within myself this week. There's some honest prayers I had to have about um, that came out of this. Uh, I, mean, I never considered myself that greedy of a person. I knew it's in there. I know all manner of sin, filthiness is in there. Um, but to see it as the word of God is working and speaking and uh, is another matter. There's the intellectual assent, yes, I know I'm a sinner. And then there's the heartfelt belief, no, I'm, that is, I am a sinner. Those are two different things that need to come together. Then he told him a parable, saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully, and he thought to himself, okay, so he has a bummer year, as has been said, I think Leonard said earlier. He has a good year, think like his, his crops are producing, he's all right, he has barns, he has crops, things are well, but there's, there, here comes this abundance. Um, and he thought to himself, and as Leonard said all the pronouns, he, he, he thought to himself, he said to himself, he saw himself, there's a lot of I and me and myself and himself in this. this so you can see where this guy's focus is as we, uh, as we, as he tells this parable. Thought to himself, he, uh, another translation. I think he said he says he said to his soul, he said to his own soul, um, "What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store up my crops. You have more than you can contain." He was upset, huh? Yeah, he had a he had a good problem, but had a. <laughs> frustration I have is clutter. I like, I love throwing away stuff more than I love buying stuff. I love it. My wife hates it. I, <laughs> I threw away our new sweeper one time by accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I buy stuff and then he throws it away. Oh. I have to check my bar garbage can because it's stuff out. And I, go, <laughs> I know. It's like I want to manage this and put this there and this and there and just like clear. I like minimal things. Um, I've been told not everybody's a murderer, not everybody's immoral, not everybody steals, but the one thing that everybody does, and I think, is that the Tenth Commandment? Yeah. Or the Ninth? Thou yeah. shalt not covet. And I, I honestly believe that's the number one commandment that it must be human, must be mankind or 
-hmm. Everybody has it. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's hard to get away from. I mean, I don't murder, so I don't have to worry about that one, right? But then again, I know there's more the internal things about murder than just, you know, shooting someone. But yeah. COVID is, is really uh, Real subtle at first, and then all of a sudden you're in it. Subtle. Right? Yeah. There you go. That's, um, that's what I was, that was told, and I, I kind of believe that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I forgot to say this. What, yeah, it's the Tenth Commandment, thou shalt not covet. Um, and every time you break any other, when you break one commandment, you're breaking two. Yeah. Because every, when you break two through ten, you're breaking the first commandment. That's why the first commandment is what it is. I am the Lord, your God. Um, wanting something else is a failure to be satisfied with God. And so I break the ten commandment. I've broken the first. I kill somebody. I've broken the first. I steal from somebody. I've broken the first. Um, and that's, you know, it's not just a list of ten things that we should And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns, and I will build larger ones. And I do put my notes because I have reference. I will tear down my barns, and I will build larger ones. Okay. So this isn't merely our personal satisfaction is what this man is after, but he doesn't have any grateful contentment in merely having enough. And I know that even merely having in Christ, I know that even having enough is more than I deserve. And so there is no I should always be rejoicing. I mean, that's what Paul teaches in Philippians 4. Through Christ I can do all things. Or I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He says, I know how to live with much, I know how to live with little. As long, and that's where Jesus is going with this. As long as I have Christ. And that's where this is going. But um, This guy says to himself, I'm secure, I'm satisfied by all this. Now nothing matters. Because he says, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. So he thinks he can coast now. He gets complacent of thanking God for his comfort. There's no gratefulness that we heard in this story. There's no giving God glory for this. And that's, that's, that's the much larger sin. Because, see, he was covetousness, but he broke the first commandment and didn't acknowledge God. Didn't Because God is the one who all these things came from in the first place. Um, it's a good thing that he had an ex, like an ex, like a bumper year. Um, but he doesn't give God glory for it. He says to himself, and he maybe convinces himself, I did a really good job, and now I can relax, I can coast, eat, drink. That's the Bible's uh, kind of catchphrase for meaninglessness. You'll see it in the book of Ecclesi uh, Ecclesiastes a lot in other parts of the Bible. Eat, drink, and be merry. It kind of says, let's just live it up, everything's all right. And there's a time to eat, drink, and be merry, but Paul says to the First uh, to the Corinthians, says, eat, drink, and be merry, and he adds on, for tomorrow we die. Nothing matters just right now. And you see that because 
But God said to him, and he uses sharp language, fool. This night your soul is required of you, and the things that you have, whose will they be? Um, being secure in only the temporal, the here and now, has no bearing on security in the eternal. Wealth here doesn't mean wealth there. God's blessing here doesn't mean that he's happy with us necessarily because the Bible says the rich man has all these things. That's, that's just what he continues to say. Fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared this uh, phrase, maybe you've heard it, it's on a bumper sticker, sticker or something, or old golf course guys like to say this to each other, maybe, I don't know. Um, uh, he who dies with the most toys wins. You've heard that? Um, um, he who dies with the most toys dies, doesn't necessarily win. Um, This guy said, can't take it with me. We drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. Um, so yeah, live it up. We all know that too, you know that? Yeah, but yeah. we still want to keep stocking up. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a, to have this treasure trove makes us feel strong maybe. God said, no, you can't take it with you, but you're still going somewhere after this, and you're not prepared to go there. He thought and valued only this life and not the next. His wealth, wealth, was a failed test. So is the one, verse 21, who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, um, makes the case telling his people not to forget the Lord and what prosperity they might receive. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes which I have commanded you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, you have built big barns, And when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will be lifted up as this pride that rises up and you forget the Lord, your God. So in their engaging in the 10th commandment, they're well forgotten that the Lord is the first. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt? Who brought us out of the Egypt of our sin and the cross? out of the house of slavery to sin for us in Egypt for them. Greater illustration for what he would do a greater thing through Jesus later. 
who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who, who fed you in the wilderness and manna with that your fathers, and he reminds them of all that he did. And manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do good to you in the end. So the Lord blesses us. And we fail that test when we only bless ourselves with our blessing. When God only blesses other people more than others so that they might be a blessing to those other peoples who might not have the same problems as them. And he tests our faith, faith in this. Beware, lest you say in your heart, my power, it sounds a lot like this guy, huh? My power and my might of my hand have gotten me all this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That he might confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is today. That's Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 18, by the way, if you're... So our resume might boast of big barns, but to have a soul unprepared for and by the Lord is of more importance, especially since he gave us the big barns. He gave us the ability to get wealth as Deuteronomy says. And the surplus, with the surplus as well. And notice God built this man's kingdom, so to speak. Gave him his year, his success. And this man took credit for it as if he did it. He said to himself, cares only about possessing and not about thanking and giving God glory. In this next part, Jesus walks us into and kind of reveals this aspect of the human heart. And what does he say next? This is, I love this text. I've never, I've read it a lot in this room, service, or maybe in here. But I've never opened it up. And I, lo I love it just as it lays. And hear Jesus' words free us from the worries of this life for the next life by gathering our attention to his kingdom. And he said to his disciples, remember, this guy brought it for him, he says to everybody, and now he goes to his disciples, therefore I tell you, he's talking to us, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on, and not worry about the outside of so for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Um, this verse in Romans. Um, um, Glorify God with your body. Honor the Lord with your body. Where's that at? I, I forget right now. I forgot to write it down. We're to glorify God with our bodies. That's just what the scripture says. Yeah. Tell his, he tells his disciples because he's made them rich towards God in himself. That's why he tells his disciples he's made them rich. We'll talk a little, well, here's a verse about that in a moment. But every, having everything we need in Christ, uh, that's why I love this chapter, should dissolve the fear of not having what we want now. So why covet if my every need has ultimately been met in Christ? The man above was too concerned about these things. And Jesus tells us not 
to be concerned about them at all. And anxiety actually classifies as a sin because anxiety is a revealer of everywhere we don't trust God. Now, there's, there's, there's like a good kind that should propel us, but I think it's a sin when we stay in it and we hold on to our anxiousness. And also, he's not talking to the poor who don't know how they're going to put shoes on their kids' feet. He's talking to people like, well, just this, this man above, but the, the, the wealthy who can't, who, the wealthy should help people who don't have the same problems that they do, who have different problems than they do. You know, if I, if I, if I can meet another's needs, there's so many verses that come to mind, like James, he says consider. I love that word consider. There's this Old Testament word selah. I love that word. Um, you'll see it in the Psalms mostly. Maybe exclusively. You see this word uh, just in the middle of some psalm, sometimes multiple signs in a psalm, and the word selah means to pause and to praise or pause and reflect. be a great name for a church. Because uh, that's what we do here. Um, he says to consider. Consider the ravens, he says. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. In verse 18, this guy, in all his barns, he's got to make bigger ones. And he's got and ravens don't even have barns. And a raven, according to Jewish law, is an unclean animal. So even an unclean animal, according to God's own law, God still feeds and sees. We prep our souls by being prepped and supplied by God. How much more value are you than the birds? So his provision prepares us for him, makes us rich towards him. How much more value are than the birds? Um, there's more in God that we can, than we can fit in our barns anyway. And which of you, by being anxious, and he, he, he kind of tells us the uselessness of anxiety, which I love because I, I think it's precious when I'm anxious and I don't want to let it go. I, and I love that he makes it useless here because it takes the power of me off of me, the power of it off of me to remember that which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his, life, to his span of life? And if you, and then you are not able to do such a small thing as that. Why be anxious about the rest? So, our anxiety is very precious to us. And he made it all meaningless. We might get mad at him for that. Um, he doesn't blow it off. It's a real, it's a real thing. He doesn't say, ah, it doesn't matter. Maybe that's, we get marriage conflicts when someone doesn't take something as serious as we're worried about, right? Um, right? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's not blowing him off. He's just diffusing it. He's, you know, he 
knows which wire to clip in the bomb. Um, I don't know, it brings us into, he listens. I get, you know. Okay, so. Hey, hey Rich, remember that song that was sung about a couple, three weeks ago about Jesus is the only lover of our souls? Yeah. And I know what you're saying about he loves us more than he does the birds. The birds do what they do because they mm -hmm. can do it, and that that's, you know, that's the way God made the kingdom, which is good, the, the animal kingdom. But when he's talking about us, we can't relate that we're going to have food all the time on the table. we got to go out and get it. But I think on a spiritual sense, God is a lover of our souls, and what he wants us is to give him the glory and know that at the cross, mm -hmm. he took away our sin, and we now have eternal life. With the world, they think they're earning all this stuff with the houses and the boats and the, yeah. the good life. But God is interested in our souls because... So what if I live till I'm 100? But what happens if I really believe in God and he's going to survive, he's going to provide, but mostly for my soul because when I die, I have eternity. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and then we have this health and wealth kind of gospel. Where yeah, where they make all this. The, the guy here in the scriptures yeah. really believes that God is blessing him because He's going to get him a storehouse or another one so he can put our goods in. Mm -hmm. And we think this is a good thing. I mean, people think this, this guy's been blessed. Yeah. And it's like an upside down, like what we're studying. Yeah, the upside down kingdom. This yeah. week about uh, the upside, or this, not this week, but in the book, Upside Down Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I think the Lord is trying to teach us all this particular lesson about having... 10 Cadillacs, or which I heard, or seven Cadillacs that this other preacher might have, and God bless the person, and yeah. we think it's wonderful, and that's, mm -hmm. we think we're being blessed in that way. Yeah, well, it's great to have things, it's just, it's a different matter to But when God says he loves them, us yeah. more than he does the birds, yeah. I, I kind of got to relate it to, to him loving our souls, because our souls are going to go one place or another. Yeah. Or nowhere. Birds are a part of the creation. We're the we're the end of we're the, we're the we're the only thing in creation made as after his image. He has a special designation for us. And so yeah, this is this is heart level things, you know. The don't look at all your wealth. Like one thing I thought of is uh, I have a freezer full of we bought another freezer. Our family's growing. <laughs> and so I was thinking, like, well, I don't really need it to use it so much, but I have bought things I wanted to put in it, and I don't use them because I'm saving them and I'm treasuring them a lot. Because I food is a thing for me. I, I love barbecue. And so that, that consumes my mind sometimes. And I was I have stuff in this freezer that I'm just like <laughs> and so if I on a day off make it and I don't share a thing of it 
you know, the best thing to do to make it. Invite all you. How old do you think this guy <laughs> is that's, that wants to build another barn? Is he? I don't know. We don't know. He could be 70, right? He could be 20, he could be <laughs> 70. <laughs> you know, yeah, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's right. Um, it's the principle of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Something I think um, he undermines our anxiety, dissolves it, and I think only Christians can feel complete peace in complete powerlessness. I mean, it's like what Paul says: "When I am weak, and then I am strong." That's very, yeah. that's good. That's good. Yeah. I think as we were, I was briefly watching something this morning, and it was Goldie Hawn, and they were interviewing her. And that bad but she kind of fell in some holes and she had anxiety because she said she didn't know how to handle the and you hear that a lot mm -hmm. of actors and actresses they don't know how to handle the fame yeah. the money and so many of the kids know that you know they're selling drugs and stuff because they they don't know how to handle all of that you know I, I think we're not really designed for that so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, when Rachel was saying, you know, what she said today, I think too, it's we think we want it all, but when you get it, yeah. you can't even, it consumes your life. And some of the most miserable people on the yeah. planet are the wealthiest. Yeah. 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 And I think, well, that's what he's going to get to here because he's about to sell, tell the whole He's getting to get to that very point. Uh, consider the consider. There's our sailor for the New Testament again. Consider the lilies, how they grow. Neither they neither spoil nor toil, uh, nor toil. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even as Solomon, Solomon was the most jacked king of all of Israel. <laughs> um, his kingdom, people came from all over the world to see his marvel, and all his glory was not arrayed even as one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is here today which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? It's like a strange, comforting nickname to me, because even in little faith, with anxiety that feels a lot stronger than my faith, he's still operating and feeding and giving good. That's just how good he is. More to say about that, but on to what you said, and the point we began to make. And do not seek, and do not seek, um, what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. So we, 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 we think we need all these things, and we're always building our kingdom, but we were designed from the get-go to build his. And that's where we found, you know, in the garden before the fall, that's where we were most at home, most at joy, that's where, we, where our purpose was. We got kicked away from all that out of that. Jesus comes to restore it and write our hearts back to that pre-fall thinking to begin to at least this side of heaven until one day we're, we're, that's the only way we'll be able to think. Can't wait till then. Um, instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. That's that uh, Elizabeth Elliot quote one from I wrote in my Bible when we were in Philippians that uh, arose in chapter Yes. And yeah. 
journey more as I grow. Like I feel like God's telling me as I pray and stuff. Like the building that I have was given to me for a purpose. In the beginning, I didn't realize the purpose. I didn't realize why God gave that to me. And a lot of times, as people are given things, you think that, wow, I did really good in my life. Like I worked and I didn't call off. I don't. So I deserve that. And as I was praying and as I've worked for the last 21 years at LA, I realized 10 years ago on this one note that he didn't give me the building because he was praising me. He gave me the building so I could help others and lead them to Christ. So that's when I began the Bible study. And just little things in my life come across. Like now I'm learning that after 50 years that when I walk in the storm that I don't need these other things that coping mechanisms that are not working anyway. So I think it's all in alignment for you. I mean, because you go out and you buy this big house and you think, I'm successful. Well, why did God give me that big house? Because he gave me more things to do. With, with, with things that come to you, more responsibilities expect. You know what I mean? So what am I going to do with those things? So, I mean, I'm a late learner. I'm a little bit messed up. But I kind of learned through that. I think, well, yeah, God gave us this, but why? You know what I mean? So pray about that. But I think, you know, a lot of us get deterred with, oh, my neighbor's got this. I need to get this. I don't know, but I think I'm pretty sure in my heart was praying to God that that's the reason why I have a leg, and that's the reason why it's there is because there's so many people that are in their last days, their retirement days, that don't even know the Lord, or never gave their soul to God, or never even really, or they have situations that are going on, and we think, oh, they're retired, they got everything covered, but that's not true. And I really learned through the last ten years that yeah, I mean a lot of these, a lot of people that are coming are just in need of. Hey, look, I love you, and God loves you, and all the crap that you did when you were younger or whatever, God forgives you for that. But I think whatever material things he gives us, he gave you a second free, he gave me a second free. Maybe we ought to have a party to do. Time machine. Like you said, you yeah. know, like maybe we need to take it out, maybe that's why God gave it to you. Yeah. Not supposed to stay there just for that. Right. Yeah. We will have to share it and do things. What and kind of interest am I too. getting from my, you know, the present fellowship that yeah. we have with it? That's what that I think. If ever I did a restaurant, oh, yeah, that'd be I would want I'd put one big long table in there so everybody has to eat of it because mm-hmm. the food is just a a mechanism to do with the table what you, what's accomplished at the table. That's my restaurant idea. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so he fear not, little flock. Remember he said two verses ago for. All the nations of the world seek after these temporal, silly things and little things that we need, but we get it in abundance. And so he says, like if we could contrast all the nations with little flock, there's a little flock that God cares for out of all the nations, and that's His church. And we get to hear, "Fear not." We have the. Yeah, he said about what Paul says in uh, Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply every need of yours. And I put this Elizabeth Elliot quote. She's a fascinating woman to study. Um, God has promised to supply all our needs. What we do not have now, we do not need. 
yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. So this is, this is an imperishable, unstealable, you know, it's kept in an impregnable force. There's no back door where it can sneak in, no foolishness where it can be spent. pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. So we live as if we have nothing open-handedly here because we have everything in Christ there. Maybe the, the, the rich man should act poor out of humility, while the poor man should act rich to boast of God. I think actually James commands that. Um, look at this. Let's just end here. I'm just going to say, if you could read uh, 
1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through the rest of the chapter. It talks about that. Chapter 6? Yes. First. But I like what Jesus says here in Revelation. So, like, there's this, and we'll close here. There's this whole church, Laodicea, and it's like, uh, it's, um, it's like a church full of these guys, <laughs> of these uh, barn builders, let's say, um, in spirit. You know, it's kind of stunted their growth. And he says to them, Jesus died writing this last church before Revelation goes into heaven. He's, and he, when he writes these seven churches, the last one, Laodicea, he says, For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me, and he flips their condition so that they might find every bit of remedy for their wretchedness, pitiableness, poorness, blindness, nakedness in him. He says, I counsel you to buy gold from me. Jesus is our treasure. Gold refined by fire. Like this is, that's, that's the purest of the pure. Um, that's what Jesus is. That's why he's so treasured. He's precious to us. We love him. So that you may be rich. That's true wealth, knowing Jesus is true wealth and true rest. And white garments, there. All right, so what if you don't have, wait, L.L. Bean. So what if you don't have your L.L. Bean? This was a gift, by the way. I've never spent $70 on this part. Um, <laughs> thanks, Mom. My mom would. Um, <laughs> uh, like, so what if I don't have that? I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Yeah, give me that, regardless of what I wear here. So that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. So there's this ultimate level of wealth, and none of it has to do with much of the wealth we have down here. And if that's how we treat the wealth we have, this we're open-handed with it. You know, we make wise investments, we do all those things that are good, but they don't detonate on us. It's supposed to build to towards something better, and that's His kingdom. And so. Sending your son to make us wealthy regardless of our lot in life. Blessed are the poor in spirit. We, we receive a kingdom. Nothing now, everything then. May you loosen our grips and help us to live like it. We might be strange to a world, to all the nations out there. Help us to be the little flock who, because you are the shepherd, we're the majority. <laughs> God, by yourself are the majority next to all other things. And there is far more in you that can be found anywhere else. And every good, everything is a good and wonderful gift from our Father, from you. Help us to live gratefully, giving you glory. And when we tank our, fill up our tanks of gas, we whisper thank you to you. When we eat a cold french fry that's left at the bottom of the bag, thank you. 
don't have enough but have access to go to the store and get it. Thank you. And help us to see the needs of others. I don't know what those needs are. I can't think of a thing off the top of my head, but help us to be those people on call for those people who come into our life. Give them this Christ to share our wealth, the most precious thing we have is the gospel in us. And it's for your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's step everybody. Eternal life. Especially with our age. Yeah. Thank God that we're able to, to live yeah. enough to get 